Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Cranked and Ranked. I am Stephen, aka Old Head, as usual here as your conductor, as sorts, um, into this whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, with me, as always, is Eddie Sparks. Say hello, sir. What's up, dude? So, um, yeah, I'm getting worse and worse at doing intros. And um, I almost feel at this point I need to just write one down and then just do it, you know, the same every time. That way I don't have to worry <laughs> about it. Because some days I'm, right, I'm on point with words and stuff, but other times my brain searches for things and nothing is there. So um, this is one of those cases. But welcome to everyone. And um, so... Let's let's just jump right into it because we're doing kind we're doing a bigger one in one episode today. And so we have our work cut out for us. But not only that, we're doing an insanely influential band today. Um Yeah. This is a, not only is it an influential band, but it's a band that I feel like I've never heard anybody say they didn't like them that's into, you know, the the more extreme sides of metal. Um, I don't think yeah. I've ever heard anyone say I don't like death. So that's who we're that's who we're talking about. Death, the classic uh, death metal band. Um, I I I feel very weird saying the term death metal with them because we'll get yeah. we'll get into it when we talk about their albums. But while they're very important in the story of death metal. So much of their stuff, they they quickly moved on and and were basically, you know, bursting out of the boundaries of death metal as soon as they you know set them up, you know. So it was like, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's interesting. So this will be an interesting. Plus, it's our first foray into the world of death metal. We haven't done a death metal band, and um, I guess shocking. I guess <laughs> Sl- Slayer is is close because I think Slayer was important to the to the death metal bands happening. But um, we're finally here, folks. For those of you who are fans of death or just death metal in general, welcome. And um, you'll, you're probably going to yell at me during this episode, but that's normal. Um, I, I, it, people usually will comment like, Eddie was right on about that. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? And I've I'm okay. A, I've I'm had okay a few with, moments myself. <laughs> I'm okay with playing that role, though, as the, as the, the guy that has... Um, Hot takes, as they say. So, um, so yeah. So, as we usually do, let's start off by talking about where uh, how we were introduced to death. Um, I was introduced to death. I may have seen other things on MTV because they had a video from the album Human, and I'm pretty sure I saw that. But the first time I bought an album of theirs, it was 1993, and it was Individual Thought Patterns, and... I've been a fan of them ever since. And, and 1993 was a big year for death metal. That was when, you know, it was it was the biggest I think it was ever going to be in 1993. And um, me and my small group of friends were all over every death metal band we could listen to. And death was one of those. Um, how about you, sir? Uh, for me, my introduction to death properly 
was not that long ago in uh-huh. the grand scheme of things. Like you're talking maybe a couple years back, 2018 probably. Like in in 2018, I'd kind of like. I'd kind of gone through my 90s, I don't want to call it a phase, because it, these things still st- stick with me to this day, and they just became a greater part of who I am, but I had a big 90s phase in the early 2010s, and then the mid to late 2010s, I had a big shift towards like the 80s glam metal stuff, but then around about like 2018, that kind of peaked, so I started like looking at every genre of music I could, and I got really into, see, my taste was all over the place in that year, 2018. I just finished up uh, my first year of university and I was just looking for so much music and I I listened to the first Mr. Bungle album nonstop. I was listening to a lot of NWA. I was listening to a lot of um, fucking Credence Clearwater revival. You know, my taste <laughs> my taste was all over the place in, in this yeah. year. And... Uh, for some reason I have these periods where I go through like a transition and I just find so much and it's really diverse. Um, and death just happened to be one of those bands where I just looked at them and I said, I've never heard anyone say a bad thing about this band. Clearly the hype is, is worth it. So I picked up, uh, the first album I picked up from them was human and i was impressed you know i was yeah i i put it on and i was like this is not what i expected in the best possible way mm-hmm. see i was just kind of expecting it to sound like cannibal corpse when in actual fact it is way more progressive there's much more melody to be found and the fucking lead guitar playing in this band is fucking insane. Not to mention the drumming as well. Like my god. Yeah, yeah. They've they've always it's always been you know Chuck and a a group of incredible musicians for for the most part throughout their career. Yeah, but um, over the last couple of years, I've just like gotten more and more into them, and it's been kind of a gradual process. You know, I would. I'd get really into a certain album and then I'd move on to another band and get really into another certain album from another band. And, but after this week of listening to all of their albums, I can categorically tell you death is now I can confidently pin it. My favorite death metal band. This is a borderline flawless discography in my opinion. Yeah. And God damn, they, they, they were just consistently great. And I feel just improved and improved. Yeah. Um, not to give too much away, but, (laughs) but, uh, yeah. But yeah. So it it is, I agree with a lot of that. This is an interesting ranking because all these albums to me are very close together. Like there's, yeah, there's no such thing as a bad death album. And so this this was probably the most I had to get very picky about stuff because yeah. otherwise it was just going to be probably a four-way tie for number one and then like a two, you know, it was, it was going to be one of those things where everything is so yeah. close with how I feel about <laughs> these albums that um, you have to start pulling things apart. 
and also looking at them in the grand scheme of things, not just about what was going on when they came out, but how do they sound now? Where do they fit in now? And so without further ado, I think we should just jump right into it. So we're doing seven. They did seven full-length albums, and we, uh, we're going to make it through all of them in this show. So let's go ahead and get started with your number seven. Cool. So uh, my number seven, after, after being a real nitpicker, like you say, I had to go with 1988's Leprosy. All right. Now, this is one of those bands where, you know, pe- people people know me as the 80s guy. This is one of the few exceptions where you'll find the 80s stuff near the bottom for me or mm-hmm. at the bottom in this case for, for for death. Yeah. And I feel as though I had to put Leprosy at the bottom because it doesn't feel like too much of an evolution from Scream Bloody Gore. Oh, really? But it, it, it kind, kind of. I do, I do hear a, a, a difference, but it's not as significant as the albums progress later on. Oh, yeah, okay. And it, it's still very brutal, but and it, and it's still got that thrashy raw feel. Yeah. But to me personally, I feel as though. The production on this album make can make it a difficult listen if I'm not in the frame of mind. Because I find that now this is another shocker from Eddie. This is this is Eddie's hot take. As much as I love big gated reverb <laughs> on snare drums, there is only so fast you can go with a certain size snare drum before it becomes fucking too much because i find (laughs) i find like a lot of the moments on this album are drowned out by that pounding yeah and and you can you can hear the room on that snare drum like it is it sounds big and that's you know anyone who's listened this deep into cranked and ranked if you if you're going in in order of the episodes chronologically You'll know I am a slut for stadium <laughs> rock snare drums. You know, I, I love them to have a huge room on it, like a concert hall. Yeah. But I guess I guess in, in, in certain contexts it doesn't it doesn't work as well. Yeah, like it, even I would have said to them in the studio, hey, hey, hey c- come on, dude. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe dial the verb back just just a little bit, because yeah. I feel it does make it sound a little bit messier than perhaps it is because they're incredibly tight musicians yeah and you can hear that much more on the albums that come after it like if if you listen to spiritual healing which we'll get on to you know later in the episode it's there's much less reverb on the snare drum and the mix thanks everything for that <laughs> yeah and um yeah, it, it is. It is a very. It is a very 1988 um, idea of having the big, the big reverby snare drum. Yeah. So I guess it's, it just, fall, just it falls into that category of it's 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 a product of its time, really. You know. Yeah, and it, and, it, and it's just at such a fast tempo, it it, it becomes a little bit uh, 
little bit grating, but not enough to totally ruin my experience listening to it. Yeah. But overall, again, like I say, all that said about the production, the songs on here are heavy as shit. Um, and with with that said, I'll I'll jump into my track by track. All right. Cool. So, uh, title track, Leprosy, is this just brutal, technical beast, albeit still having that thrashy and raw feel. Um, Born Dead feels like Slayer on steroids at points. Uh, <laughs> Forgotten Past is just really nice and thrashy. They still had a lot of thrash in them at this point, yeah. too. Uh, Left to Die is just another thrash death crossover. There's some serious, seriously heavy moments on this song. But then you get Pull the Plug, which is my favorite fucking track on this album. And I feel like it was the song one before one was a thing. <laughs> well, it wasn't that the same year. Same year. Yeah. 88. Oh, shit. So that's two songs about, you know, being in a coma, wanting to be set free. Great minds think alike, I say. Great minds think alike. Um, open casket, you know, the, the album, I've, I put quite a, a, a funny note here that I forgot I'd written. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> open casket. This album is so raw. I can hear Gordon Ramsay screaming at the chef. <laughs> oh, primitive ways. It, it just carries along that insanely raw and and scary vibe because these early death albums sound scary they have a scary frightening edge to them um and choke on it has some really cool spooky melodic sections and the cool thing about death is that even at their heaviest moments they weren't afraid of melody and i think it's just such a cool thing to you know hear a band blast out this and then break out all these like proggy bits. Yeah. And those became more and more prominent with each passing album. But unfortunately for Leprosy, there are elements to it that make it a less enjoyable listen than the rest of the rest of the herd we got here. So, uh, that is that is my number seven. Awesome. So let's keep the momentum going. My number seven uh, is also from the '80s, but it's not this album. It is their debut album, "Scream Bloody Gore," from 1987. Hey. And this one was pretty easy to put it last for me. Um, I realize yeah. it's a very influential album, and it's a great album, but. It, compared to everything else death did it's pretty basic it's ba- yeah. basic death metal and i there's an argument that i think is really weird cuz everyone always wants to say who started what you know like everyone yeah. wants, who started death metal who started thrash metal and um the argument is always between this album and seven churches by possessed yeah which to me is the first death metal album out of those two you can make other arguments for other albums that came out that were doing similar things that could have led to what death metal became i realized that scream bloody gore i guess had more attention um but yeah you go back and listen to possess seven churches which came out two years prior to scream bloody gore 
not only is there death metal elements, some of it's just regular thrash or, you know, stuff like that, speed metal, but there is stuff on seven churches that sounds more like later death. There's progressive moments and weird tempo changes and um, some of it's straightforward, but some of it's not. So really the argument is like, it's a a weird argument. Um, Scream Bloody Gore is clearly more influential, but who did it first? Uh, I mean, Possessed did it first. And I'm pretty sure, I mean, I'm sure somebody asked Chuck at some point and I'm I'm sure he was probably a fan of Possessed. So, you know, there you go. I don't know. But um, Scream Bloody Gore, on its own merits, it's just not particularly interesting. It's 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 aggressive yeah. and and brutal and heavy and and it's a fun listen, um, but it just doesn't have a lot going on. And I think doing these kind of bands now, because of where extreme metal has gone, all I hear when I hear Scream Bloody Gore is. A, a thousand death metal bands trying to do just this album yeah. while, while death did this and then quickly moved on. But all of these young bands get, are getting together and they're just trying to make this very basic bland overdone, like not overdone, but the riffs just become very stale. Like, Oh, I already heard this kind of riff 500 times before, but Obviously, at the time of Scream Bloody Gore, that wasn't the case. Now, it happens way too much. But overall, this one, out of all their albums, is the one that holds my attention the least, I think because there's a sameness to it. And, um, I mean, it has its moments. It's still a fucking great record. But um, I had to put it last because I feel like from this point on, Death did better shit. And and so... No matter how you want to argue this album being influential or the beginnings of whatever, um, it's still an album that's just them starting out, and you don't even really hear. If I if, back when this album came out, I don't think anybody had any idea where they would end up, and um, yeah, so it's just it's just a good album. And better albums are yet to come from death. So Scream Bloody Gore had to go at my number seven. Cool. Well, I'm going to keep that momentum going by saying that my number six is Scream Bloody Gore. Nice. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Uh, Although I will say, I feel like the production on this album isn't as like high end as Leprosy. I feel like Leprosy is a little bit more treble heavy. This one is a little deeper and it also feels uh, that little bit scarier than leprosy to me. Yeah. And there's just a certain, here's the thing. I agree that songwriting wise, and even in really everything about it, to be honest, there's very little setting it apart from like what Sepultura was doing at the time. You know, they were, playing very similar thrash death crossover kind of stuff yeah and i'll i'll just jump into the track by track you got infernal death it is just very much like that sepultura level of thrash still heavily reliant on those slayer skank beats and tremolo picking for that kind (laughs) of brutality yeah um still fucking awesome but uh 
yeah, it track one kind of sets the tone. Although Zombie Ritual is where we first hear those gnarly harmonized guitars that are, you know, part of Death's overall sound. Uh, Denial of Life is just more thrashy death metal. Sacrificial contains some slower tempos and really lays into that heaviness. Uh, Mutilation fucking rips. Jesus Christ, that's a gnarly song. Yeah. Um, Regurgitated Guts, that's a killer song title. Uh, (laughs) It carries on with just that unrelenting, thrashy brutality. Uh, Baptized in Blood, again, thrashy, deathy, love it. (laughs) Torn to Pieces. Did we have a joke a while back in the Def Leppard episode where we talked about a song that was like one of their ballads from like X or 10, which is like most of that album is like love ballads. And there was a song on there called Torn to Shreds. Something like that. Yeah. 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 It sounds like it could be a death metal title. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I think you said something along the lines of uh, maybe there's a song out there called that. And I was like, there is definitely a death metal song. There's probably 300. (laughs) Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, um, it is brutal. Uh, But, you know, I will admit this album doesn't feel as unique to death as some of their, well, all of their later works that said it's it, it's a damn fine crossing point from thrash to death metal yeah uh, e- evil dead you get this cool melodic intro before going absolutely nuts and the uh scream bloody gore title track is terrifyingly heavy and th- these first two 80s albums they were you know released in the late 80s I think it just goes to show you're listening to someone who has a major bias for 80s production. Mm -hmm. There is something timeless about Death's sound because everything, like, I would never have expected when I I did this to see the 80s stuff so low down. But having listened to their albums, they have one of those qualities that few bands have where they're not necessarily tarred by an an era they're not kind of painted with the same brush yeah as as all the other bands you know they didn't go grunge they were never glam they were they were never really anything but a death metal band and a progged out one at that so i almost feel like you can you can hear in the music that Chuck didn't like anyone telling him what kind of music he made. 100%. (laughs) He just said, "Um, oh, yeah? Okay, we'll just wait till the next album. (laughs) Yeah. It's cool as well because the the evolution is gradual across each album, but there is a significant jump from their 80s to 90s stuff. Yeah. And I think this is... I I feel like you and I both talking about these albums so far... Um, neither one of us is really talking a lot about Chuck Schulander as a performer because it seems like it's a fucking given. Like, like it seems like if we talk about how great his guitar playing is, it's of course, of course, you know, it's, it's, it's it's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. It's been said. And so we should just set it up here. Like on all of these albums, he's awesome. Like there is. He, uh, there is no performance I've heard by Chuck Schulander that was less than stellar. 
um, even vocally. Vocally, he's always had a thing where his vocals, um, like I, I love his style of death metal vocal. Um, yeah, I, I'm not as big of a fan of the really low grunty stuff, like how. <laughs> although there are some <laughs> bands that I love that do that, but it's very few and far between. I like the death metal where the people have a variety of sounds or have a very unique delivery. Yeah. And I think even though a lot of people have tried to do the same style that Chuck did, I still think that he stands apart from all of those because he had a he sounds like a demon. You know, yes, he's, he, he, he's he's he he's up there in like, you know, John Tardy area for me with like yeah. vocalists that just sound otherworldly in their delivery. And um, and that was pretty much right out of the gate. Scream Bloody Gore. He, his vocals, I think, got way better, but um, it's already there. He already has his kind of own thing and his own idea of of the extreme metal vocal. However, that came to him. I mean, it's it's interesting because. There were other bands doing kind of like shouty and even a little bit throaty kind of stuff, but yeah, um, but he was he was one of the first to really like bring that together where it's like a it's like a very uh, uh, methodical like he like it's like you're it's it's like a a, 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 a I, I for lack of a better word a um, like a, a, a he had to, I don't know. It's like a theory. It's almost like music theory, vocal theory and how to yeah. make your voice sound this particular way when he didn't, when he sang, he didn't sound anything like that. So, um, I guess you could say that in a lot of ways it is the beginning of what would happen with death metal vocals, because eventually everyone wanted to put their stamp on, Oh, how do I make my voice sound this sort of extreme demon kind of way in my own way? And yeah, so, in this in this case, Scream Bloody Gore is is important for that. I think. Totally, that was a huge yeah, rant on on that. But you know, <laughs> my coffee hasn't I, kicked in yet. The words aren't all there. <laughs> I will say, like nowadays, it does feel very like with with like all of the core bands and stuff nowadays, like your your modern metal bands. I find that you know, I do get kind of burned out on some of them because it feels like they all watched exactly the same YouTube how to scream tutorial yeah. and they all ended up with exactly the same tone and technique. And, you know, th there are a, a select group of bands that stand out, mm -hmm. but you know, it, unless I've got the music video in front of me, it's hard to tell some of them apart. Whereas you put on, you put on a Cannibal Corpse song, you know it's Cannibal Corpse. You put on a death song, you know it's death. Yeah. Because they have they have unique approaches to the style. And that's an argument I've always made about death metal because death it's not just death metal, it's a lot of subgenres of metal where nowadays it seems like it's everyone has a very narrow view about what it, you're supposed to be doing, but back in yeah. the day all of the biggest death metal bands, they didn't sound like each other. Death didn't yeah. sound like Cannibal Corpse. Cannibal Corpse didn't sound like Obituary. Obituary didn't sound like Deicide, and so on and so on. You know, Morbid Angel, throw whatever name you want. They all had qualities that set them apart from each other, and that's what made them so cool. Whereas now it's yeah. like, oh, you're into death metal, then you want really f fast, clicky kick drums, and then you want the vocalist yeah. to do as low of a thing as he can, even if you can't understand what he's saying, but it's just yeah. really cool that he's doing it that low without any pitch <laughs> shifting. 
And I'm like, that doesn't fucking matter. So you have a low voice. Congratulations. Yeah. But I'm just, if you, if you, if it, there's no character in a lot of it. And, and, and yeah, I really do think that Chuck was the beginning of, ha- of it having a character towards this brutal vocal style. And, and yeah. if, yeah. And so it's, it's, it, it's, I like hearing it when bands do something different with the death metal style vocal, but I almost feel like the reason why we're stuck in a rut now with death metal is because there's not a whole lot of other places you can go. You know, it's, it's kind of all been done. So that's why you have so many bands that do the guttural and then they will do some sort of weird melodic thing after it because you can't, I don't know. There's, there's, there's nowhere to go. Um, I'm probably wrong. I would like to be proven wrong. Um, I would like, I would like to find out that there's another, death metal vocalist that's going to come out and make me go, holy shit, I've never heard anything like this before. I, I hope. I hope. This is, where, this is where, like, you hear this song and and it's, like, full-on chunky blast beats and shit, and then all of a sudden the dude comes out like, Wee! I feel like, <laughs> like, I feel like that's to, been done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now that I come to think about it, I think I've probably heard that somewhere. That's, that's, but, that's, um, that's one step away from the big squeal right there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> There's um, there's oh, what was it? I think it's one of those like American Idol metal growl clips. Like there's there's loads of them where you just see these like dudes that it, I'm not quite sure if some of them are just taking the piss. Oh but yeah, there is there is one guy that goes on there and starts doing, like, fucking raptor noises about halfway through. <laughs> and he gets about, like, halfway through, like... And starts doing shit like that. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? I feel, I feel like these days that is... Not only is that kind of what a lot of people are trying to do, but yeah. I, to, that, that immediately made me think of... That's what probably... People that don't like death metal, that's probably what they hear. Like, oh, it's just dudes making dinosaur noises. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds badass though I'd, I'd watch that <laughs> yeah why why is there not a jurassic park themed death metal band um oh shit. I, don't, I don't know what it would be called but you know we, we might have to form that <laughs> <laughs> all right so here first let's get back on track though you we were we were on uh scream bloody gore still did you go, did you go through all of the tracks on that yep yeah i'll go through all of them do you have anything else to, to add to that one uh it's fucking rad, but not as rad as what comes later. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So I think now if people are going to start commenting that um, I'm an idiot, it's going to happen now. This is where it's going to start happening. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, what are we on? Number five? My, uh, um, am I, is it right? My number five? No. I think, uh, no, nah, number six. Number six. Boom. Uh, my number six is uh, the 1995 album Symbolic. Ooh. And I, hot, I, a lot of people tank. like this album, and for good reason. It's a very good album. Um, the biggest reason why this one goes down low is because, in my opinion, when you go, you go leprosy, uh, a spiritual healing, human, individual thought patterns, each one of those is a progression. Symbolic... Yeah is a really good album that does have different elements than other albums had, but it doesn't, it's, it's, the step isn't there for me. It's just another good death album and it has really great songs and memorable moments and amazing performances, 
But yeah. listening to them, especially listening to the albums all in a row, which I did, I was just like, oh, this is the first one where it starts and I go, oh, okay. As opposed to going, fuck, all right, I'm ready for this album. And so <laughs> it is more polished. It's probably the most polished album that they did. Um, it has a very yeah. clean, clean production style to it. And technically, I guess you could say it's better. It's a every single album is technically better than the last one, I think, especially when you're talking about Chuck's performances and the the I guess the the actual um compositions involved. But this one to me is just not as exciting as the four previous albums that they did. And um the I just I feel like it's harder to to feel the progression. I feel like the improvements in this album are kind of in the fine print. They're not really like standing out yeah. for you to hear. Um, with more listens, more you get more out of it. Um, and there is more. I, I I feel like there is more emotion in this album, which is a thing that doesn't immediately come through a lot of times. There's a lot more melodic moments. And the great thing about death is that they never gave you the same album twice. Um, even though, even though I feel like this is not as big of a progression and it's not as impressive to me in the, in the trajectory of the band, but you were kind of expecting this one. I guess so. I, yeah, I guess, I guess, especially when this came out in 1995, I remember hearing it and being like, this isn't different enough for me because when you're young, as you, as you have have recently gone through, when you're young and discovering music, you're always looking for the next thing that's going to blow your mind. And then when death comes out with symbolic, you're just like, this is good, but I've got these other like 10 albums over here that are fucking my shit up right now. So I'm going to go listen (laughs) to those. So symbolic, unfortunately just came out for me at a time where there was a lot of other shit that I was really impressed by. And their stuff was just, it's not, you just expected it. it. It's like, of course they put out a great album and yeah. Um, it didn't feel like there was any risk there. No, no, it was, it was just kind of them doing what they do and doing it really goddamn well. But to me, it's the first album that isn't a big step up since album number one. So it, it had to go here for me. That's it. Symbolic number six. Cool. Fair enough. Uh, so my number five there is, there's kind of a, there's kind of a trajectory here, maybe some rearrangements, but, um, yeah, my number five is 1990s spiritual healing. All right. So this one for me is where they hit their stride from a technical standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, that of course they could play brutal heavy music on the first two albums but i feel like this is the one where stuff got much tighter in both the playing and production and everything on this album you can hear clearly and it really goes to to show that progression because the a the production is cleaner than the previous two records right out of the gate you know right on living monstrosity it's just super heavy and brutal altering the future god damn they 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 really did step it up on this record like everything sounds great in the mix at this point yeah 
Um, whereas the previous two had their issues. Um, for me, Leprosy in particular had that snare drum that was overpowering in the mix and it did feel a little bit too high end. But um, you get you get tracks on here that just fucking rip. Defensive personalities, you can definitely hear the album. is This album to me is where they became a fully fledged death metal band as the thrashy parts have a certain vibe to them that makes them that much heavier. You know, mm-hmm. they, they no longer feel like Slayer riffs. They feel... Even in a Slayer song, I still feel a little bit of that, like, goofy thrash feel, even if they are frightening as fuck. <laughs> um, you know, there's moments on here where I, I feel like it's the audio equivalent of a sledgehammer, like, cracking a skull in half. Yeah. And you know within the mind filthy groove in that song spiritual healing the title track you know starts off menacingly before going into another crushing groove low life is this you know awesome mixture of fast and slow sections genetic reconstruction now science lyrics in death metal (laughs) immediately sound awesome because it makes something that sounds kind of neanderthal frighteningly smart for how it sounds you know yeah because you know there will always be a certain i i don't know how to describe it in a way that doesn't sound kind of insulting but to me death metal has always had that you know cookie monster stigma around it where it's like i like death i like killing you know (laughs) yeah but when you hear him start to break out, like, reconstructing, you know, organisms and shit, you know, I, those aren't the specific lyrics, but, <laughs> you know, that kind, of, that kind of vibe, you know, when they... To be honest, if you look through death metal lyrics, you can tell that whoever was writing them got fucking A-pluses in English because their vocabulary is insane, despite the fact that it's buried underneath like uh or <laughs> kind of thing yeah well in the, in, the, in the case of death it's not like you can most of the time i feel like i can understand a lot of what yeah. chuck's saying which is uh which is pretty cool and but yeah That's i do the thing. I, it's, I, it's weird I, I agree that the the lyrically um realistic death metal lyrics are always creepier yeah like i yeah. I, I i'm a huge fan of cannibal corpse but their lyrics mostly just make me laugh Cause I, cause yeah. I, because I know I know how those guys are, and they're in there saying like, "Okay, we've done how many different kinds of murders have we done? What do we got now?" And so it, it usually like the whenever Cannibal Corpse puts out a new album, I'll look under the back or I'll look at the track listing, and I'll just be like, "Yeah, they did it again. They did it again." <laughs> it's, it's just they just make me laugh. Whereas like I feel like Death was not that band, um, yeah. and very quickly they moved away from you know Death and Satan and shit like that. Yeah. But um, do you ever feel so? Sorry, what? What? Just while we're on the subject of funny Cannibal Corpse lyrics, yeah. Do you ever feel? Do you ever feel like they write a song title and then write the song? Yes, because it sometimes it feels very much like what's something gruesome, uh, skewered from ear to ear. Okay, oh, it's ear to eye. Some, that's that song is it, called oh, skewered is from ear, ear to, to eye. eye. <laughs> that, oh, that's even fucking. That's a fucking great gruesome. song. Skewered from ear to eye. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, but they do, I think if I remember in the documentary about Cannibal Corpse, they, t- they talk about having song titles jotted down Yeah, and 
I'm, ass- I'm assuming it probably works both ways. Sometimes you just have, <laughs> I eventually we're going to get to cannibal corpse because I realized that they are a band that, um, some people don't like, and, um, I love them. And e- even though I do, yeah, I, I do I think like some of their albums get a little samey at times. Um, I don't care. It's like, it's like ACDC or the Ramones. Um, yeah, you, you like yeah. it. You're, if, you, if you like it, you're into it. So, um, but anyway, <laughs> exactly. but yeah, but, but when it comes to death, like they, some of their song titles on early stuff is actually, they, they, I think every one of their albums has a song title where I go, that one's kind of, kind of funny. <laughs> Because <laughs> I don't think yeah, re- regurgitated but, guts took the cake for me. That was that one's a, yeah, un- unintentional. But it's more like an unintentionally funny thing because I don't <laughs> think it was intended to be funny. Yeah. Um, but I, I think in this, in the case of spiritual healing, I don't think there's any on, on that one. Um, um, have to mention James Murphy when you're talking about spiritual healing because that dude is yeah an incredible guitar player and he's played with so many great bands. And he's responsible for one of my favorite death metal albums, which is the only album by the group Disincarnate, uh, which is called... I'll have to check that it's out. It's called Dreams of the Carrion Kind, and um, it was a band that he put together, and they just did an album, and that's it. But it is one of those that I hold up there as like some of my favorite death metal. So I've always really yeah. loved James Murphy in death and in obituary, and you know that dude's just... He's put his mark on all sorts of great classic music. Awesome. And uh, speaking of cool song titles, uh, Killing Spree, perfect death metal song title, awesome yeah. lead guitar moments on, on that song. Yeah, and that intro is just so fucking scary because it feels like you're descending into hell. That kind of thing. Yeah. The, the, the phrase Killing Spree has always been interesting to me because I always find it amusing when you're taking something that's supposed to be really brutal, but you're using a word that can also be used next to the word shopping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it a shopping spree or a killing spree? It could have, it could, is it a good or bad spree? Let's talk about sprees here. <laughs> Do you know what? I would absolutely fucking, but I would, I would pay like six figures to hear a weird owl parody of a death song. <laughs> It's shopping spree. <laughs> yeah. Turn killing spree into shopping spree. Oh, also the whole thing has to be recorded with an accordion. Like yes. all of the parts. <laughs> so let's put out the call now. Weird Al, we would like a death metal parody album where you do all polka covers of <laughs> of death metal songs and change them to funny titles. Weird Al is like another guy that I feel like one day we should talk about him because oh for sure because he's just one of those dudes that like it, some of his shit is so funny and other shit is so awful but <laughs> in the best possible way yeah <laughs> so anyway that's a tan- do- that is a definite tangent of like that's that that is a that's a that's a way left field thing to talk about <laughs> like, <laughs> do you remember on that death episode where they talked about Weird Al for a minute. <laughs> It's the beauty of this podcast, Tangent <laughs> City. <laughs> but yeah, that that is uh, that's my take on my number five, spiritual healing. Cool, cool, cool. Um, let's keep the momentum going. I'm not going to talk about spiritual healing yet, but I'm also um, not done uh, with annoying people out there. Um, so my uh, number six now? Nope, five. Number. God damn, five. what's going on with me? My number five. <laughs> 
is uh, the uh, final death album, which is called Sound of per- Perseverance. I don't know why it's such a hard word for me to say. The Sound of Perseverance <laughs> from 1998. And you got it. Yes, there we go. <laughs> so it's the last death album. One of the last albums Chuck would do before he died. Like He did two albums of um, the other project he had, and then that was it, right? Like, I'm, I'm, if I remember right, because he died in the early 2000s. Two, it was like 2001 or two he passed yeah. away in yeah. one of those. So, um, so, yeah. And so this is an album that the f- it's, to me, it's more enjoyable than symbolic. Songwriting-wise, it's very interesting to me. There's a lot of really interesting shit on this album. Now, I, I don't like to point out one thing. Now, this is this is a weird... I, I just got to say it. I don't like Richard Christie as a drummer. No? Um, he... And, and I don't think it's just this album. It, it His drumming is... When it comes to... If you were going to make me a drawing of, of here's the pattern of drum things that he's playing, <laughs> I would look at it and go, that's some pretty complicated shit. That, that's pretty impressive. But then you hear it performed, it sounds so clunky and very stiff. Like he doesn't have, he, like he doesn't have a lot of left and right movement. It's all very like pounding here and here, but he's doing it very intricately it's just there's the fluidity is not there. It feels very stiff. And sometimes it takes away from the song. Like he'll do fills that I go, that is unnecessary. And, and, <laughs> and it's so clunky sounding. But at the same time, the dude is a great drummer. Like I can't, I can't play any of that shit. But it, it, when it takes away from the song, then it's it, it, something, I don't, I don't like it. And He's, it doesn't happen all the way through the album, but every song has a moment where I go, that sounded off, and it's, it takes away from the songs for me. If they had a different drummer on this album, this album may actually have been higher because the songs are great. Still a step up. I think this is a step up from Symbolic when it comes to composition, just the interesting riffs that come out on this record. And yeah. um, the... The I don't know. There's there may not necessarily be anything new. It may follow the the sort of my outlook um, in the same way that symbolic hit me, where it wasn't different enough to really be that exciting, but it's still really really good. It's more of a yeah. step to the side than a step forward, I guess. Where they're yeah, not doing see, the same thing, but they're not necessarily doing anything that's totally rearranging your idea of what death is as a band. Um, but, you know, as a, perform- as, a, as, as, as a Chuck Schulander project and his performance on it, he, like I said, gets better and better with everything that he did. But I feel like songwriting-wise, yeah. when it comes to this album and Symbolic, after the fact, I can hear that maybe he was a little bit stuck with being in this band. He yeah, had more that he, he wanted to like do. Hit the ceiling. Yeah, that, yeah, like he had outgrown doing this band but still wanted to like push it forward and so yeah, 
Don't get me wrong. As I said from the beginning of this podcast, there is not a bad death album. Yeah. This one <laughs> is just... Um, so my only big gripe about death... This is it. This is this is the this, and it's not just death. It, it's other death metal bands, and other extreme metal bands. So, like the 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 death metal genre. Maybe not just or, no, or, no 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 no. I'm talking about the the band death, but not just them. Oh okay. I, for some reason, have never liked bands that constantly use stop start as a way to move on to a next part of a song. I can see that, and death yeah. does that. A lot from day one, yeah. and sometimes it sounds and then it'll go to a different thing. part that could have easily been written for a different song. Sometimes it doesn't sound like a cohesive song. It sounds like four really badass parts put together with stops. You know, yeah. so they stopped one part, they started another part. I don't. If you do that every once in a while, I have no problem with that. But Death did it way too much. And sometimes it ruins the flow of a song for me because I'm like, you had a good thing going. If you had melodically taken it in a very uh, organic way to another part, it would have been way more powerful. But at the same time, maybe that's not what Chuck was going for. You know, maybe he didn't. Maybe he wa- wanted things to be jarring, and that was yeah. kind of his style. But n- once I went back and listened to these albums, really trying to pick things out I didn't like. I'm like, that's really the only thing I don't like is I don't like the stop-startiness of a lot of the songs. Um, and Sound of Preser- Perseverance, God damn it, <laughs> is, uh, it has, has a lot of that, but a lot of their albums have that. I'm, just, I'm trying to be fair here because I feel like if we just talk about how great something is, then nobody is getting anything out of this podcast. <laughs> we have <Yeah>. to, <laughs> I have to point out something because even... You know, once we get to Metallica, which is our favorite band, I'm still going to point out the things that I don't like about some of their <laughs> albums, and and I love that band, so yeah. I think it's important. But um, that being said, Sound of Perseverance, who did it right, is uh, is is it's really good. Like it's it's a hell of a final album for Death. Um, I just not a big fan of Richard Christie. So there you go. I will say, as a drummer myself, I kind of like hearing a drummer that somehow makes something sound off, but it isn't. So, like, whenever I hear something that kind of fucks with my head a little bit, I'm thinking more so, how the hell did he do that? Yeah. Like, even if it even if it does sound, like, cluttered and, and busy... Like, it, I know for a fact it's a style that I, even in knowing of myself, probably the height of complexity in drumming I can I can probably do is pretty basic thrash. Yeah. But, like, some of the stuff I hear, um, you know, any of the drummers do on, on Death albums, because um, they had Gene Hoglan on, a, on one or two, was it? Yeah, like, well, yeah, and that, but that dude's a yeah. good example. That dude does really yeah. complicated shit, and it feels very fluid. He can do something really complicated on the drums, and if you're not paying attention to the drums, you may not even know it happened. Yeah. So it's it, he can be showy in a, a more digestible way, I guess. Yeah, I, I I do. I like seeing a drummer that can can absolutely blast through insanely technical shit. I know myself 
that that's, you know, A, not my style, and B, realistically, <laughs> unless I spend 10 hours on my kit a day, it's it's not going to happen at least for the next 20 years. Yeah, my, but, my, my um, skills on the drum kit, I, can, I could get through an ACDC song, no problem. But uh, you go, you go further than that, and that's like so. Uh, literally, I could be the drum. I could be a drummer in like a bar band or something. But beyond that, I've, I've, I, but it was never my instrument. So I only like yeah. played on kits a handful of times here and there whenever I could, and it was always fun. But, um, but I always knew, like the drummers that I loved, I'm all like, there's no way, there's no way I'm gonna <laughs> be able to ever do that. I mean especially starting late on because I started young, you know, doing guitar and even that I was limited on what I actually felt like I even wanted to do. So as a drummer, God, there's so much, so much fucking going on with drums that it's just, it's, uh, some, some drummers are just truly amazing to me with the things that they pull off. Um, especially when you're talking about old, old school drummers and drummers that didn't use triggered kick drums and shit like that. Um, those are the, those are the things that I'm impressed by. So, but, so when I talk shit about Richard Christie, I, 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 it's, it's, it's a nitpicky thing. Um, yeah. the dude, the dude is, is very talented. Um, what, what was he, did he, was it iced earth he played with also or shit? I don't remember. It's like, he's a drummer that like. I know I've heard like, I th- I on, think death, he, on death stuff. I think he was in Iced Earth, but uh, somebody I'm sure will comment below if I'm wrong. But um, that's other shit I've heard by him. Anyway, cool. yeah, so there you go. Okay, so where are we? So we're on uh, number five. Number four. Sorry, we're on number four. <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah, so my... Dead center, right in the middle of my ranking pick, number four, is my first ever death album, and that is Human. Awesome. Now, with this album, I, I don't know why I was drawn to Human so much. I, I, I think I might have just like seen it. I might have just recognized the album art, and that might have been why I picked this one up. Because really, when I've looked at a lot of lists, it's, it's it's not really at the top. It's usually around the middle mark from what I've seen. But like, oh man, this album, dude, it's right before they really, really went technical. Because it's still got technical aspects. Yeah. But it's still also... It is like it's the it's literally the bridge between fucking spiritual healing and um, individual thought patterns, and you you can hear that because there's moments on there where it's really technical, and then there's other moments on it where it's like like straight ahead, brutal, fucking jackhammering on you, but yeah. um. Yeah, flattening of emotions, this brutally technical killer opening track, Suicide Machine, yeah, it just continues that theme of slightly more progged out and deliciously evil sounding death metal, uh, Together as One. Now, this is funny actually, because it's titled Like a Love Ballad, but this fucker is heavy, you know? 
yeah. I, I love a slow chug riff with that consistent double kick run under it, like kind of thing. And then that's 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 a good time to point out the drumming on Human is probably my favorite of any death album coming from who's the drummer on Sean Sean Reinhardt from Cynic. Uh, who unfortunately passed away, I think, last... No, this year. Earlier this year, he passed away. Oh, uh, shit. And that guy... this the, And the Human actually has half of Cynic in the band. Like, oh, like, shit. And, uh, yeah. So it's... so And it was prior... Just prior to the first Cynic album, I believe. Um, but yeah. So... But I, I love Sean Reinhardt as a drummer. Um uh, and and I think that this I don't know I love his performance on Human. Not to get not to jump into my critique on the album, but I love his drumming on it. Yeah, like it. it there's parts where I think God, that is just so consistent and fucking brutal. And like Secret Face, this album just keeps hitting with more and more technical death metal goodness. Yeah. Lack of lack of comprehension. Now, there's some real spooky vibes on here, paired with some melodic goodness once more. It's it's just got that cool like It's very understated, and then when it does go off, it really goes off. I feel I feel like um this lack of comprehension was probably the first death song I heard. But if I remember anything about myself in 1991, I was probably watching headbangers ball and the beginning of the song probably came on do, 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 do. And I probably went, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. <laughs> so, oh shit. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that like, I didn't get into them because of that, because the intro to the song, even now that's an intro where I go, can we fucking speed this up and get to the song? <laughs> 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 I mean, it does end up paying off, but I mean, it's, but I, that's the only reason I can, cause I watched headbangers ball religiously. So I had to have seen the video for lack of comprehension. I just think that maybe the beginning of it bored me. And so I just didn't even pay attention to it. it stupid, it stupid me, classic. stupid 12 year old Steven. I was going to say that's, that's a very like young metalhead thing to happen where you're just kind of like, Oh, this is a slow one. Uh, yeah, this is the bathroom break, but it's like, I, isn't there a isn't there a Beavis and Butthead one where they take the piss out of one by Metallica and they're like this part of the song kind of sucks but then it's gonna rock yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah where, where was I? I got lack of comprehension see through dreams you know this album has a consistent sound but I got no problem with that you know it's not like I put on a death album to not get pummeled um, yeah you know. Cosmic Sea, like this is a really kind of mysterious, spooky part done right. And then you get Vacant Plains, which is this great closer to this all-round great progged-out death record, and uh, also their cover of God of Thunder that they did. I don't know if it's on the original pressing, but it's not the God of Thunder cover that they did around this time is killer. <laughs> and that's a I love that. That's that kiss. Eventually we're all, we're also going to get to, that'll be like a four part episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You thought the fucking Judas priest one was big. You wait. <laughs> Speaking of that, I, I didn't mention on sound of perseverance. They cover painkiller by, by Judas. Yeah. Priest. But that one was on that the actual rules. original version of the album. 
that, that's a damn good cover. I love it. I love as well on the um like they do that death harmony on it, and it just they really made it their own. Yeah. Um. Also, quick fun little thing. Uh, Spotify Wrapped is here. You know the annual thing that Spotify does. Uh, where they collect all your listening habits and show you what the fuck you were doing for the last year. And um, come to find out, due to our Judas Priest episode, I was in the top 1% of Judas Priest listeners on Spotify this year. Wow. I, I'm, I'm assuming if I <laughs> used Spotify, I would have been as well. But um, <laughs> but I don't. I use Apple, Apple Music, unfortunately. It, it's funny actually because I can see that like all of their data was solely influenced by this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we have they they owe us something. Come on, man. Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> but yeah, human is a is a is a great middle of the road death album in my opinion. Yeah, you know you, you've got the prog, you've got the death, and it sits happily between the the two eras. You know, it was also the it was the fourth album, and it's the fourth on my list too. Awesome! It's it's the perfect middle point of their career. <laughs> awesome. So my my uh, my my middle album, my number four, um, is we're we're going back to one you've talked about already. My number four is Leprosy, the nineteen eighty eight second album from Death. Um. So I I I I my response was surprised when you were talking about how you didn't feel like it was much of a step forward from scream bloody gore, but I don't hear that. Like I, from the get go with, with leprosy, I just go, Oh, this is now we're listening to death. Like scream bloody gore is a, is a cool album and all, but I feel like they came into their own with leprosy. Um, and the, the, the riffs and the songs get more interesting I actually kind of like the production style, but I think I only like it in the respect that it sound it sounds unique from their other albums. They have, I guess, really every yeah. album they did has something unique sonically about it that sets it apart. They don't, they weren't one of those bands that used the same producer. I think, I think it's solely attributable to the sound of the snare drum. Like honestly, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I am convinced. I am convinced they changed something about their snare sound on every album because i know you didn't rank it very high but the snare drum sound on symbolic is fucking great like that snare to me is like the the best death snare and and um and on leprosy though i think that everything is a step up and i'm mostly referring to uh chuck schulander because vocally he it's almost like he figured out exactly what he wanted to do and his vocals sound way more um classic chuck like what you would come to to hear more of a refined version vocally of what he was doing and obviously guitar wise it's amazing and the songs are way more complex than the previous album but i do the thing that i really enjoy about leprosy is the fact that it does retain a rawness to it so it's still, yeah. like you said, it still does kind of seem kind of scary, but it's still got those really technical moments where you just kind of go, oh, that was fucking cool. And um, it's got so many memorable moments, and uh, it's it's really one of the first 
I, I guess when it comes to straightforward death metal in 1988, there wasn't, I'm trying to think of other death metal albums that came out around 88 because when was the first Morbid Angel? Was that 89 or was that 88? That's eight, 89. Yeah. So they were already, they didn't really have a lot of competition, but even so they still were pushing things forward. They could have just done a better version of Scream Bloody Gore just to, you know, because they're already out there and they're like, here, here's, here's death. Here's what we do. But they were already acting like, oh, we're not going to be lumped in with all these other bands. But there weren't other bands <laughs> that were doing anything yeah. on their level. <laughs> well, with leprosy anyway. So I feel like that's the, if you're talking about influence, I feel like leprosy has way more of a mark on death metal than Scream Bloody Gore does because it just, everything about it is classic. And it's just fun to hear this band that you know by album two that they are not going to be comfortable with giving you the same shit every yeah. album. And that's just fun. Like these are the, these are the kind of, I, I have a good time going through discographies of bands where they do give you something different with each album and death is a really great example of just like they they're they're not phoning anything in like you are you are definitely i i just feel like that's the one thing if anybody gives death praise you know aside from technically being an amazing band and being an influential band they they create a, a a unique listening experience for each one of their albums and as a fan of that kind of story and that kind of trajectory or whatever with a band um death is just one of those bands you, you everyone should just look at and be like look you don't you know whatever you think you're doing you know do it better next time and push yourself forward and so many death metal bands these days don't fucking do that they just do yeah. the same old shit and death <laughs> didn't which is why leprosy is my number four cool um I suppose I'll say as well. I suppose I was being a little bit, uh, a little bit harsh when I said it wasn't much of a uh, an evolution. I would say it, it, that's largely in comparison to where they went next. Oh but, well, yeah, uh, for sure, yeah. Like, it, it, but when it comes to it, it was a, it was a step. It was a step. Although I, I'm I'm st I'm sticking with my. Uh, production criticism well yeah i wouldn't argue with anybody <laughs> yeah. if anybody came to me and said if they wanted to argue the fact that symbolic is a way better album than leprosy i'd be like i can totally see that i could absolutely see why somebody would think that and so um I, once again that's a that's another another positive quality about death's catalog is that like i don't think i would disagree with anybody's ranking of death albums i'd be like yeah okay right on man <laughs> you know whatever yeah. whatever hits you in whatever way man which is funny because my number three is symbolic. Sweet. Yeah. You know, th this album, it's, f it's funny, actually. I should probably contextualize as well um, in case anyone isn't aware and they're, they're new to the podcast. Um, I am pretty much ex exactly 20 years younger than you. Yeah. Right? Uh -huh. You were 78. I'm 98. Yeah. So uh, I am... 
I'm the same age as their last album. So I didn't, you know, experience these albums the first time around. I'm I'm what I would consider in the, the reissue generation where <laughs> all of the pressings have been re-released with demos and live tracks. And, and so, sometimes uh, remastered yeah. in horrible ways. We'll get to that later. <laughs> this album, though, I know you said um, it wasn't much of a step. I can definitely hear that. But as, as someone who didn't hear individual thought patterns the first time around, this one just, just feels like in a way this could be this could be viewed as a criticism but this is one of those times where i'm perfectly fine with with a band doing a similar thing to what they did before it's not like 100 percent the same but it's not much of a step like you say yeah this album symbolic you know symbolic right out of the bat it, right off the bat, sorry, right out of the gate, I'm I'm mixing these up. <laughs> that's all right. That's what that's what we do here. We create our own our own sayings and meanings behind words. <laughs> but yeah, it's symbolic tune, no questions asked. Great opening track, zero tolerance. You know, it, listening to this album got me thinking. Death is a band I should have gotten into much earlier into being a metalhead because everything about their music is shit i love it's got vibey bits it's got crushing grooves it's got thrashy parts and it's really complex as well and there's really interesting choices in the song structures um empty words has another you know vibey slash brutal feel sacred serenity you know feels catchy but again nonetheless has that brutal feel i I know i'm saying brutal a lot but you know that's that's that is a compliment when it comes to death metal. Um, a Thousand Eyes, technical and tight with lots of interesting guitar parts, without judgment, tasteful choices of riffs, and like a cool spooky lead part in it too, which really, you know, is one of those moments that made me go, ooh, ooh, where are they taking me? Yeah. And uh, Crystal Mountain, you know, that kind of like it feels... I feel like the the term, the the song title "Crystal Mountain," could apply to so many genres. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you know, "Crystal Mountain" in a glam song would be just a pile of meth. A "Crystal Mountain" in prog <laughs> would be where the fucking Wizard of Oz lives. You know, it, and it's it's just so fucking cool. You know, it's it's this vibey, psyched out track, and that gives it major points. Um, I should probably mention as well, Death's guitar tone is rad. Like, I yeah. love their guitar sound. The rhythm parts sound crushing, and the lead parts have a shitload of chorus on them. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm a gush. <laughs> chorus effect. More people need to use it. <laughs> The, the 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 death guitar tone always I always liked it because it's it's equal parts crunch and warmth I guess mm. it's like both of those things together um, it's just they've yeah it's it's always been been great on the guitar front totally um, misanthrope misanthorpe was yeah it's just gnarliness throughout chock full of you know techie bits and and filthy breakdowns and like i said the symbolic snare sound is 
delicious. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Perennial Quest, this big ass epic track to close out this fucking killer album. And uh, that is why Symbolic sits at number three for Little Old Moi. Cool. <laughs> so I'm um, following my, my current path on uh, Death's discography. My number three is Spiritual Healing from 1990. Hey. And all the things, all the reasons why I like this album are the same. I could say the same thing about Leprosy, only just up the ante a little bit with it because it's yeah. it's interesting how each of their albums has elements that are progressive and technically superior to the one before, but sometimes it makes the album before seem like it was pretty tame. Like yeah. the things that were happening on, on Leprosy, I'm like, huge step forward and makes Scream Bloody Gore seem kind of boring. Spiritual Healing, same thing, where there's yeah. a lot of more... They're taking a lot more chances with songwriting. And so it makes me go, yeah, leprosy in comparison is kind of dull to compared to spiritual healing. Um, now, my one gripe about spiritual healing, I, I don't like the weird effect on Chuck's vocals all the way through the album. And I don't yeah, know. It's, it's, it's kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know if it was a doubling of the vocals that's just mixed in kind of weird or if it was legit an effect that they used. But I, that takes away a little bit from the album for me, but I've gotten so used to it over the years that it doesn't yeah. really matter. It's just become a character in the album. So I don't really care. But, um, once again, we have James Murphy on this album and, um, I do think that the drier production style on this helps the intricacies of the, of the musicians come out a lot more than it does on leprosy. Um, and yeah. leprosy gets a little muddy at times. Um, and it, with everything with this album, not only do they get more technical, they, there's more melody seeping into yeah. the songs. And it's just one of those uh, things where it's so amazing that, you know, within two years, you know, a band like they, they, I, I could say it a million times over and over again, just hearing where they're, pushing themselves. And I say themselves, yeah. you know, Chuck, it's Chuck, this is Chuck's baby. Um, I realize that he wasn't the sole songwriter, but I feel like he, it was his goal. Like he had a vision and, um, it was, it's clear that this dude was just beyond everybody else, you know, with, with not, not only, and I think this is, this is a good quality. Now, did you ever see the, the death documentary? No, I, I have yet I have yet to watch it. Yeah, uh, it's it's okay. It's not the most well done documentary, but the one thing that I got out of it that I didn't know was that apparently Chuck was kind of hard to get along with in a band. Yeah, like he was kind of the leader. Well, he would just decide he didn't want to do it and not come out of his house. <laughs> oh shit! And then in one in one aspect, I believe it was. On Human, I don't know, I don't remember which album, but on one of the albums, he wasn't happy with the tour that was set up, so he didn't go, and the rest of the band went without him. And oh, shit. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, so there's a whole <laughs> lot of things about his personality that I think get people look at him through these rose-colored glasses of, he was a great dude and an amazing musician. I'm like, I don't know, he seemed like he was a 
a, a bit of a dick. <laughs> but <laughs> that being said, if you're going to be behind albums like this, you kind of have to be a dick. Like, yeah, he has to not only be, uh, I don't know, uh, a, a complicated character when it comes to band members, but also with himself. You can tell that not only was he like, I don't want to do what any of you people think that I should be doing, but at the same time, whatever I think I should be doing, I think I can do better. And <laughs> you can fucking hear that in the, in these albums. And so I think that that's a, I don't know if there are some musicians out there that people will talk shit about for these annoying things that they do, these annoying traits, you know, Axl Rose won't come out on stage on time, make every, yeah. makes everybody wait and then gets angry and goes home. But I mean, the, the vocally and songwriting wise, what that, what Axl Rose was doing, like that's beyond what most people could fucking do. And yeah. you don't know what that feels like to be that kind of person. So when I hear about somebody like Chuck Schulander having these moments in his life where he seemed maybe a bit childish or difficult, it just, it even, it at to me, it adds to the persona of, a, Oh, this guy was probably a legit genius because he, I don't think any genius is easy to get along with. Yeah, and he had, he had a vision. Yeah. And it makes it even more listening to their albums after watching that documentary and really thinking about it. I, I can hear it in the music. I'm like, this guy probably did these albums. And as soon as they were done, went, I don't like this. We, you know, um, we can, we're, the next one's going to be a good one. So sorry about this album folks, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's so great because it's, because yeah. we, here we are talking about it. And like we, as we said, nobody has a negative word to say about death's discography that I've ever heard. And so albums like spiritual healing, you, you, I just, I love hearing the progression and it's so much fun. Um, so you can kind of, if you're, if you're keeping score, you can kind of hear where I'm going with my album ranking. So let's just, let's keep moving on. <laughs> oh, um, fun little thing. I've got the, uh, I've got the timeline of band members up. I, I just wanted to have a look at um, who's been in death. Yeah. And uh, right around the 93, 94 mark, who do we have here? Friend of the show, Craig LaCicero. Holy shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, he was in death. By the way, we're, 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 we're officially pals. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're Facebook friends. And so um, that's the... <laughs> This I never I I totally forgot about that. So what what year what year was that? Maybe he was part of that tour where where Chuck didn't come along. Yeah, Craig, Craig if you're listening to this, first off, thank you. <laughs> but also, yeah, um, yeah, cheers, dude. <laughs> um, we, we should just we should try to hook up with Craig and do an, an interview with him. Maybe like a, spe a special cranked and ranked where we just pick Craig's brain. <laughs> because that he's because yeah i'm all like man he was involved just touring for one year but um that that's got to be an interesting story if that if that's the tour that he was on but who knows but yeah, yeah. there's been a lot of fucking people in death <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those bands like oh um, yeah i i tell you what how, how many i'm gonna count them at one two He's counting, folks. Please hold. 23, 24, 25, 26, 
almost uh, around about 30 people have been in death. Yeah. Wow. And, <laughs> and, shit. and, you know, by all accounts, all of them amazing musicians. So, yeah. um, yeah, that's fascinating. But I mean, you look at the names on here some of these people went on to be in bands that today, you know, like Terry Butler, you know, as yeah. a bass player. And, um, I mean, he was in fucking obituary and, um, Look, who, who else is who else do we got here? I'm, I'm all like looking at all these. Now, this is the part where we're just looking at a list of names and everyone's going to be bored. <laughs> I'm very sorry for that. But this is just one of those. Obviously, obviously Gene Hoagland. Um, oh, yeah. St- Steve, Steve DiGiorgio. Giorgio, I can't even say his name. Steve DiGiorgio <laughs> was in death and he's now in Testament. Damn. Like when you actually look at the timelines of these bands, I, I will say, you know, say what you like about Wikipedia and its reliability. The timeline feature for bands, like and their members, is so cool. Yeah, like, man. Like, the, it, it, yeah, might have to stick a little like uh, picture of that up. Wow. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. A cool... So a lot. So a lot of great people involved <laughs> involved with <laughs> death, and we've confirmed it for everybody. It's a cool little detour. <laughs> yeah. So where? So where? Where are we at now? Number two, right? Number two. Okay. So. My number two, I went for... Ah, now this is probably going to define whether or not we've, we've matched up. We've matched up on our number one. Oh, because yeah. Ha- ha- have, we, have we matched up at all? No. This well, episode? no, well, we, we matched up... Well, no, not on the same number. We, we led into each other a couple of times, I think, but we haven't matched yeah. up, no. I love this show. <laughs> uh, we're, right. we're, we're the biggest fans of this show. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so my number two is Sound of Perseverance. All right. Cool. Yeah. So it begins with that, you know, absolutely nuts drum fill on Scala- Scavenger of Human Sorrow. And then... Immediately right after, just this, like, shred lick, and you already know that you're in for, you know, a good album. Yeah. You know, regardless of wherever wherever it placed on the list for you personally, this is, it, the mix on this album is phenomenal. Yeah, there, there's, there's so many parts, this album especially, where they'll bust out some really great guitar part, and it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't go on long enough. Where yeah. I yeah, some 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 riffs get milked a little longer than others, but sometimes there's so much interesting shit that I'm like, just I mean, break those out and make those into more meaty songs, and then do three albums, <laughs> you know? <'cause, laughs> because uh, but I guess that's not the, that's not Death's style. That wasn't Chuck's style. He's he was a guy who was moving on. He's like, hey, I came up with this badass riff. Next, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you get Scavenger of Human Sorrow. This delightfully evil sounding and equally technical and brutal track bite the pain i've got to say you know like i said the mix on this record is phenomenal normally i have an 80s bias but fuck this album you can't knock this album mix wise even as a 22 year old album it, it fucking sounds excellent yeah um spirit crusher tremendously powerful track story to tell death had it, it, I've, I've said it before i'll say it again death had a killer guitar tone especially on their you know last three records this really majestic 
soaring, drenched in chorus lead tone that was just, oh, it it just it hits all the sweet spots for me. And I'm and I'm am I right in because I'm not the biggest Control Denied fan, but isn't this lineup the same dudes from Control Denied? Or am I? Let me let me. I, I honestly Control Denied I, I was was know. Chuck's other group that he started doing around this time, I believe. Um, let me see. Control Denied. Who was in that shit? Yeah, looks like it. Looks like it. Wow. Just so with it's, the, it's, just obviously with the addition of the vocals uh, vocalist. Um, wow. But, but um, yeah, interesting. That's awesome. Cool. But yeah, it, it's it's just. This album has some really... I feel like this is their most... I want to say it's their most melodic. Because there's a lot of melody on this one. Yeah. Um, Flesh and the Parrot holds. You know, seriously great lead guitar on this album. Really melodic. Voice of the Soul. Now, this is what, you know, cemented that thought for me. It was... Just this gorgeous guitar instrumental that really shows off those melodic sensibilities that the band could pull off, and yeah, it, it's it's one of those that can really hit you in the in the feels with something beautiful, mm-hmm. and then absolutely rip you in half. <laughs> but uh, to forgive is to suffer, you know the the drums in Death's music consistently leaves me in total awe of what i'm hearing regardless of of who's on the kit Mm -hmm. um and then you get a moment of clarity that final badass original track from a badass album and the painkiller cover fucking slays too um it's a great album yeah (laughs) death doing a, a really cool melodic take on their sound um Sadly, it was the last we would get from death um, as Chuck passed away just like three or four years after the release of this one. But I, feel, I, I don't think he would have done another death album. I think he had moved on yeah. um, from death. Who, who knows? If he had lived, I'm sure they would have gotten back together and done another one because everybody did. He, but... he was, he, he'd exhausted the mortal realm. He had, to go <laughs> te- yeah. he had to go teach the gods how to do it. But yeah, absolutely. Cool. So, uh, my, so my number two, so I, 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 I lost track a little bit with yours, but I think we might match up with our number one because my number two album is the album human from uh... 1991. So if you're looking, if you're, if you're paying attention, I'm going in order now. <laughs> Once we got to, to <laughs> leprosy, I feel like each album just gets better. And yeah, human is the perfect marriage to me of something being very progressive, very technical, but also somehow more aggressive than what they had done before. It's all of those things just come together on human and human is like, to me, it's like how leprosy was. It was another pretty goddamn big step forward for the band. Now, the one thing that I have to admit Every single time I listen to this album and the the drums fade in on flattening of emotions, I think of Hot for Teacher every yeah. <laughs> every time. 
I'm all like, that is a great hot for teacher intro into to this death album. <laughs> but, but yeah, this is a massive step forward. And like I said before, having half of cynic in the group at this point, um, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I can't say enough about Sean Reinhardt, um, as a, as a drummer. I, th- I thought that, that guy was fucking great. And there's not a lot to say about human that you didn't already say, because it is, it's very well produced to me. This is the first one that has that Scott Burns sound to it, where I loved yeah. so many albums that were produced by Scott Burns. And, um, this one to me just has a very classic Scott Burns when he was, when he was really getting badass at what he was doing. Cause he did, you know, a handful of albums prior to this one, but I've always said it when it comes to death metal, if, if people are listing out important names in death metal, Scott Burns is, is one of those names. And he was just an engineer slash producer. Um, but it was one of those things where you would go to the record store and you would see an album that you maybe had never even heard of the band. But if you turn to the back and it says produced by Scott Burns, you're taking that album to the cash register and you're taking it home. Because you, he seemed to just work with amazing bands and just brought out the best in these bands. And Human is a, an amazing example of that. This is, I think, production style-wise, this may be my favorite uh, Death album, just the overall sound, may, mm. maybe. Um, but yeah, Human's great. And, but um, I, it, it, they, they beat it with their next album, in my opinion. And so let's go ahead and just move on to uh, the number one album in our death album ranking. Hell yeah. Do you want, you want to say it together like on the count of three? Okay. Three, two, one. Individual, Individual thought, thought patterns. patterns. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to say it like you for a second. I was going to go individual thought patterns. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, that was, that, was, that, was, that was a good one. I can do a fake British accent, kind of. <laughs> no, but yes, individual thought patterns are joint number one, but I'm going to let you go first as usual. Cool. This album for me begins, you know, the streak of my top three. This one shows that they have finally crossed over into full-on technical shit you know as you said human was that marriage of their early stuff with this kind of stuff this takes all the technical stuff and puts it at the forefront of everything so with this you kind of have it is like the 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 peak of their evolution so to speak yeah you know yeah this is where they had I don't want to say as far as they could go from a technical standpoint because there is some killer shit on symbolic and sound of perseverance but what I will say is they perfected it here and I might as well go straight to the track by track cuz god damn it this album's a fucking doozy yeah yeah um, absolutely overactive imagination tight as fuck ferocious opening track like right out of the gate is I know that sounded goofy but I just love it that fucking much (laughs) 
uh, in human form. Serious riffage and groove on this song. Jealousy, such a cool harmonized lead section. Trapped in a corner. You know, this album showcases both their prog and brutality sides, but definitely puts an emphasis on that prog element. Yeah, each each um, one of these songs has has multiple moments where you just go, oh, God damn, that's fucking cool. Like, yeah, there's a it, lot of that on this album. It definitely feels to me like the most consistent, oh, my God, yeah, holy shit, fuck, yeah. Like, every single coming thing is just hitting you right in the face and it's just one thing after another absolutely just fucking blowing you away nothing is everything you know it's more epic harmonies on those leads i find it amazing that in a band whose vocals are exclusively screamed they're so melodic yeah. in the guitar department. There's, there's like, the, this song, the, the nothing is everything. As much as I complained about the start stop things, this is yeah. one that really like gets me, it, 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 it gives me chills when it does that stop yeah. and then goes into the, that part that, yeah. that, that just, I'm like, Oh my God, that's so cool. So occasionally to me, it does work. And yeah. that's a really good example of it working. Yeah, you get you get mentally blind, some seriously powerful melodic riffs here alongside some of that brutal thrashing. Individual thought patterns, the title track. Now you get some cool, like kind of herky jerky moments in the in the riffing on this one. Yeah. Especially, especially like, you know, later on, maybe about like two minutes in. Uh Destiny crushing grooves. Um out of touch. A little bit of synth stringles on there, you know, a little, little bit proggy, but yeah, you know, this is death. So next up, they melt your fucking face off. Yeah. And then, ladies and gentlemen, I love how this has worked out because we get to finish on the highest note possible. The Philosopher is yeah. my favorite death song. I, it's I am perfect. I am 100% with you on this. The Philosopher is everything about it is really fucking great. Like yeah. even lyrically, I love the lyrics of the song. Yeah. It's just so goddamn good. It is like, to me, it's like the best example of what death could do while still, yeah. cause it's got a, it's got good groove, groovy sort of vibey parts, but also technical yeah. parts. And, um, you gotta, you gotta fucking give some love for the fretless bass. Yeah, like it's, and that's all over this album, which (laughs) is interesting because I don't think that there's a fretless bass on any other Death album. I think it's just this one. Yeah, which is fucking Steve DiGiorgio, whose name I can't fucking say. So (laughs) fucking cool. Like honestly, even when I think about it, when whenever this song comes on, whenever I put it on, I actually physically cannot stop myself from furiously air drumming to it yeah with like the full-on riff face and i hear that you know kind of sweep pick intro and i'm thinking oh shit i'm not going to be able to contain myself oh shit here it comes oh do you feel how i feel you know it's just so fucking good i love this song yeah and 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 also just the the chorus of the song like i just like there's there's a handful of bands that make those choruses 
where you, yeah. you, you have to do you have to do this. You can't yeah. see what I'm doing. I'm doing, the, I'm doing I'm doing the invisible <laughs> orange with my with my hand. And it's just that you know so much about nothing. nothing at all. Like that, it's all like, like just like that is the that is just so good. Yeah. And um it wraps up. It it always blows my mind that an album that is so strong ends on its best song. Oh god, and, yeah. Um, and it and it and it was that was legit my 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 very solid introduction to death where i may have heard something before the video for the philosopher came on to headbangers yeah. ball and i was just like this is fucking amazing and i'm sure Fuck my friends yeah. at the time probably were already <laughs> into death so i was probably already hearing it but that was the first time i was just like this is undeniably amazing music <laughs> <laughs> i will say as well someone tagged me in a meme the other day and it was something well it was it wasn't really a meme so much as it was one of those like if you were something what would your theme music be and it was it was like something along the lines of if you were the final boss in a video game what would your what would your theme be i would go for this Every time, yeah, because you've got that like cool menacing intro where you know shit's about to go down. That, that beginning riff like, sounds like a dude, like like an, an evil guy marching into the frame, like you're right, man. That's perfect. Yeah, I would, you know, all of a sudden, like they think they've slain the beast and then all of a sudden you hear that and they look up and like the ceiling falls apart and then i come through like oh great song oh that that needs to happen now someone needs to put the philosopher by death off of like over famous boss fights that'd be so sick i think you're the man to do that right i'm gonna do it i'm gonna fucking do it uh, awesome. So, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll continue this conversation because, um, it's also my number one. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty perfect album. So, th- th- but this is going to be one of those rare occasions where I'm going to be very, um, upbeat about my praise for this album. But at the same time, you're going to hear me get very angry. <laughs> and that is because, the remaster re-release of this album is one of the uh, most awful sounding things I've ever fucking heard. It, it, it's, it is, it is that if anyone ever asks me, well, why are you so against remasters? I mean, like, this is it because shit like this will happen. And now if you go to Apple music or Spotify, that's the only version of this album that you can hear. You can't hear the original mix of it. You hear this fucking shit where they've, it's that loudness war thing where everything's got to be turned up and it's it, the dynamics of the album are fucking stripped away and it just sounds so awful. And it's even worse that when they do it to a really amazing album and then you get, you get this, you get this fucking, I, it's, it's, it's so awful. I can't, <laughs> it's, it's really bad. I, I, I will say, I will say it. Here's a question. I've, 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 been kind of thinking about for a while but i haven't really had anyone to ask um is spotify similar to you know how netflix is in the states like are there certain albums you don't get or is it like a worldwide thing uh spotify yeah like i think you 
you don't have it, do you? But like, no, I think it's worldwide though. Yeah, I was going to say because Netflix isn't because certain countries don't have certain shows or certain movies, and here because oh, on this on Spotify, the I will say Death's discography is all over the place because here's the thing. There's like three different versions here of Scream Bloody Gore, but one of them is Scream Bloody Gore, the original mix. One of them here is Scream Bloody Gore reissue, and one is Deluxe reissue as well. Oh, so do do they have the original individual thought patterns on on Spotify? Yeah, 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 they they got it on here. Well, that's something then. Yeah, they do have the original and the remaster, but like I think, let's have a look here, Spiritual Healing... Um, oh no, they've got both versions of Spiritual Healing. I've found with some bands that they have albums up that aren't on their page. It's weird. Certain bands have missing albums. Like if you look up, um, I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but if you look up Soundgarden, Mm -hmm. you go on their thing you won't see, like, the original album cover for Bad Motorfinger. They've just got, like, the bonus yeah. stuff yeah. edition. So it's it's the black one with the silver disc instead. But if you type in Soundgarden Bad Motorfinger, it comes up with the um, 25th anniversary remaster, which ironically has the fucking original... Vo- I actually think that they titled it wrong because... <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny actually because because bad motor finger supposedly just bad motor finger is from 2016 and has like five four or five discs worth of stuff whereas the 25th anniversary remaster it says here it's it's just the 12 track album so that you, what you're getting into is is stuff that really annoys me because that's related to what i do for a living my job yeah. Um, so I see things like that on Spotify and other places, and I go, get your fucking shit together, people, because yeah. it's just, it's so confusing out there. On Apple Music, they have this thing now where you'll click on an album, and if you scroll down, it'll say other versions of this album. So sometimes yeah. you will have <laughs> the deluxe reissue, and then if you scroll down, you'll find the original version. But when it comes to individual thought patterns, the original mix is not available on Apple Music. And the the only reason that really annoys me is because same thing with the remixed, remastered version of Rust in Peace that fucking Megadeth put out, which is, which is a fucking atrocity. But <laughs> I just hate the fact that young people are going to come on board and they're going to have to hear these shitty versions of these albums. And I know I realize it's few and far between. Sometimes remasters are perfectly fine, and they actually do a really classy job of just bringing out the tones and turning it up a little bit. But the fact that individual thought patterns, the fact that the people at Relapse allow that to be out there, it, that just <laughs> makes me feel like they're fucking clueless. Like they, it's just one of the most awful things that has ever been done because it's such an amazing record. It is. I'm, I'll get. I'll get into my actual talking about the, the album now. <laughs> I'm, I might in a minute. I might have to do a live reaction to to it. Like well, I'll listen to both back to back, and you just get to hear me go like, "Oh, geez." It's it's everything clips the draw. <laughs> everything is overpowering everything. Like it's just. It, but anyway, the album itself is the best death album. Obviously, it's my number one. Yeah. 
Um, it's it's another step forward for them. Like like up until this point, they just kept improving and and surprising with each new album. Yeah. And this one is just I feel like it's it's technical. It's got all the the cool odd time signatures and and odd melodic parts that just kind of come out of you know, in and out of songs, but it's the most enjoyable album to me because like I said, there's so many standout moments on like every song and everything just improves with every release. And I, th- and I think this is the pinnacle. Like this is the, when it comes to the culmination of songwriting performances, technicality, um, musicianship, melody, all of those things, I think with individual thought patterns, it's, it's the best overall package whereas you could make arguments that with the next two albums there are other things that get improved i think this is the most solid um yeah output that they ever did and um i don't really have much else to say about it we talked about it already philosopher's an amazing song there are all sorts of amazing songs on this album and um to me this is the I mean, that's probably why I get so um, nervous using the term death metal with the band Death because of albums like this, where it does have elements that sure are easily connected to death metal. But I I feel like with individual thought patterns, they are in a fucking league of their own. They're in their own category of extreme metal. And other bands have come along that have done similar things like this. And I, and, um, the bands that were doing the more progressive technical stuff around 93 were the ones that I was getting way more interested in. Like, you know, atheist is a really good example of that. Um, I loved bands that would just do off the wall shit that just didn't fit in with death metal technically. Um, yeah. but other things would be spot on death metal things. And yeah, I, I, I love this album. So oh, are you going to, are you going to listen to it now? And, uh, see what oh, you think? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to listen to like the first the first part of, you know, the philosopher where it it does the thing and it and it and it kicks in and then I'm going to listen to the same part and you know, you just you're just going to hear me kind of kind of going through it. So, I want to make sure I've got the the right versions here. So, I've got I, you, do, you, do you know what? Because this because this is a monumentous occasion in this episode, I'm going to record this. Vid- okay. on video so we're uh so hold on so i gotta I, hold on i'm gonna do this okay so we're so what we're doing here folks is we are um at the end of our death discography and i'm complaining about how shitty the remastered version of individual thought patterns is and um eddie is going to give it a listen and do a, a reaction to because I, th- I think it, he's lucky enough to where on spotify i think the original mix is still there on Apple yeah, there's music. there's three versions, but uh, I you can tell which one is the original. So I'm gonna, I'll avoid the super deluxe. I'll just go for the the remaster and the original. Okay, cool. So All right, let's do you, 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 a first here on cranked and ranked. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to the to the first part of the original, and then immediately right after, go and listen to, you know, the, the intro on the other one. All right. So here we go. Three, two, one, going. Oh, that was overactive <laughs> imagination. <laughs> That's okay. okay. You can start there. I mean, you might as well just start with song number one. <laughs> just do the whole album back to back. 
Okay. <laughs> okay, here we go. Got the original going. But up dum 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 quit making noise over it, dude. Listen to it for Christ's sake. I know I know what the original I know what the original sounds like. I'm just I'm just giving the I'm giving the listener some frame some frame of reference here. Okay. Now I'm gonna go for the uninterrupted horrifying redo okay so i'm told <laughs> this is awful okay oh no it sounds pretty lifeless so far oh what did they do it turned everything way the fuck up well that just basically took all of the character out of it i, I just Totally. Well, it just takes it. It strips the dynamics from the album, yeah, and just makes everything fucking loud, and everything seems to overpower everything else. And um, yeah. I said it earlier on the podcast, but for you folks in this video, um, relapse should be ashamed of themselves for not only putting it out but leaving it up for new people to discover this amazing death album in this shitty version. <laughs> I I I really notice it now, and and the thing is as well. Um, the key part about the intro to that song is how it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like soft and melodic, albeit, yeah. you know, distorted guitars and whatnot, but it's still got like a kind of legato kind of feel. It sounds quite smooth. And then jong, 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 yeah. it's supposed to punch you right in the fucking gut. That but there's a clarity a to it though. It's heavy, but it's clear. Yeah. Where now it's gone. It's almost like the guy who mixed Death Magnetic did the yeah. remix of individual thought patterns. I listened to like how how far into that did I listen? I listened to 28 seconds of that and already felt fatigued. Yeah. That shows how fucked a, an album with bad mastering is because it, it is it is going to bore the listener I mean, to, to death. be fair it's not it's not a <laughs> it's not a rust in peace travesty it's it's it just takes an album that sounds great and is great and yeah makes it sound worse so it's like yeah so that's that's my call to the world stop remastering albums if you want to re-release yeah. them just re-release them as they originally sounded and then tack on some B-sides and live shit so it's a so it's a new package for everyone to buy and I'll fucking buy it. Um, that's yeah. why I like what Earache does. Earache puts out re-released versions and they call them, I don't remember what the fucking, the term they use, but um, they're, they're keeping the Sonics as they were. Like they're not trying to make them louder or whatever the fuck they're doing with a lot of these remasters. Because most of the time with the remasters to me, it's they're just turning up the treble and yeah. and then making it as loud as it can possibly fucking go, where in this case yeah. it's fucking clipping everywhere. And yeah. um it's lame. But I'm you know what? You know, it's uh, you know, I didn't mean to end this episode on a downer. I'm gonna stop <laughs> for those of you hey, hi, <laughs> if I actually did put this video out on YouTube, hello everyone, and I'm gonna stop <laughs> the video now. You've now watched our whatever this was. So, um, okay. <laughs> Peace out.
<laughs> okay. So that was that was fun. Yeah. For those of you who are listening to the podcast, I, I may not actually put that out on YouTube. So it's a special thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just for it's, you guys. <laughs> it's um I'm gonna be honest here. And are you ready for something that, that may shock and or sadden you? Mm, sure. I got into Megadeth, but I got into them around the time I was buying CDs. And I bought the remastered CDs, and I knew no different. And then when I got a vinyl of Rust in Peace, and, and it, like I, I think it's an original... It looks like an original because it, it it looks old and it's 1990 and yeah I would imagine it's an original pressing but I mean they've done other yeah. re-releases of the album where it it still sounds like the original yeah um, but the but the man that re because it's not only remastered it's remixed and he added different vocals to it let me see let me see what you're what you're working with there that yeah, lo- that looks uh, that looks old OG to me. Yeah, it's it, it's pretty roughed up on the edges too. Which oh would yeah, no, that's got to be, that's got to be that's original. A, that's a that's an that's album a very that, loved. That's an album that sounds perfect to me. Um, yeah, I, I've heard people complain that they don't like how it sounds, and I think those people are uh, very weird. <laughs> but, it's funny, um, like I I th- I think the funniest one is uh, the fact that when when Dave Mustaine decided to do the the remasters risk was only five years old and they still remastered it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely get into those when we do megadeth whenever we get around to that but totally. um but but con- congrats on sticking with us through the many tangents we've gone off on in this death discography which it looks like we're getting we're episode. getting getting it in under two hours which i thought that it might last a bit longer than that so Wow. But wow. Um, so, do you, so do you have any final thoughts on, on death before we finish up? Um, not a bad album. No. Even, even the lowest pick. So, you know, some bands would kill to have an album as good as Leprosy, you know. Or Scream Bloody Le- War in my case. But yes, yeah, I agree with yeah. you. Yeah. It's, it's just... Looking at at this discography, could this be the most flawless discography we've covered? Um, probably. I mean, Pro- I, mean I, I was going to say there there are other bands that I like way more than Death. Death is not one of my favorite bands by any stretch of the imagination. But when it comes to the quality of their output, when yeah. it comes to what they did, um, yeah, this is probably, um. Yeah, this is probably the most all the way through pretty goddamn great discography we've done. Yeah, because even with even with the Alice in Chains one, we said that there wasn't a bad Alice in Chains album, but we did distinctively love the Lane stuff. Yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, because I do I do think that if in the at the end of the day, if you want to put on individual thought patterns or you want to put on Leprosy, I'm going to enjoy them both. Um. Yeah. And um, while I do have a clear favorite, it's uh, there. Yeah, it's, there's, it's 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 undeniable that Death um, will probably always be considered one of the best metal bands ever. 
Um, yeah. Even if, you know, they're not, they're not my favorite, but I feel that that comes with the fact that I am not as, when it comes to the more brutal side of metal, um, I do love some death metal, but not as much. And um, I'm more of a song kind of guy yeah. um, than I am um, just badass technical prowess, you know, and stuff like that. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I really do think that um, the death is a band that everyone, it's become that thing, you know, there's the, the group think mentality where you're supposed to, you're supposed to like these particular things and not like these other things. When it comes to death, I, I don't argue with that. If somebody comes out and is like, death is one of the best bands ever, I'd be like, I can't really argue with you on that at all. They're, yeah. <laughs> they may not be my favorite, but um, there's something to be said about a band whose output is that impressive that people from different sides of the metal you know, circle or whatever, the Venn diagram of metal, um, yeah. death <laughs> is one of those bands that falls in the middle where everyone's kind of like, fuck yeah, death, man. So... um this has been fun. Awesome. All right, so uh, that's so that's all we got. Um, um, the big winner here, individual thought patterns, where we we finally matched up at the end. And um, I don't have anything I like else. It when to, that happens, I do. I do too. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I, I don't have anything else to add. This has been a, a fun one. I'm glad we finally kind of went in the more extreme side of things, and I think that we'll come back here later for yeah. some other death metal band or grind core who the fuck knows you know what will <laughs> i i don't I, I don't see us touching on black metal anytime soon but um um that's because there's yeah. not a black there's not a black metal bands that band that i think of and go oh i like that one it's always kind of like <laughs> albums and songs i guess not necessarily yeah. bands but yeah it's it's one of those genres that i look at and i think <sighs> I have I would have to be in a certain mood yeah to in, to enjoy and that mood would be in Norway doing some weird shit in the forest <laughs> yeah. yeah in the snow yeah in the snow that's a very important factor all right or or just burning down a church i mean whichever <laughs> one you want to do don't quote him on that <laughs> all right so uh so yeah let's let's leave on that note um i have no idea where we're going next for uh for the next cranked and ranked it'll be a surprise for everybody but um we'll be back soon um for those of you who did watch the video version that we did um when we talked about our top 5 80s thrash metal album covers that is a thing that we are going to continue to do um, but when it comes to the podcast, they're going to still remain um, largely um, aud- auditorial. <laughs> Audio-what-y? Um, um, audio kind of things. Podcast. <laughs> all right. So anyway, that's all I got to say. Uh, thank you very much for joining us once again. And uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Eddie, take us out. Later, dude!